Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. What's up, y'all? Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond here, going solo for hosting, but not by myself. Uh, Zaya Quiena gallivanting somewhere on the globe. Courtney Wright doing her thing uh, north of the city. But today we have a guest, a returning guest, fellow podcaster Miranda joining Jurassic Views. Miranda, how are you on this ambitious Monday? I am so great. Thank you for asking, Bryce. Um, I am thrilled to have this chat with you today uh, and honored to be asked to return to the Jurassic Views podcast. That's, that's good. I'm glad you feel honored. We'll see <laughs> if you feel the same way after we try to get through this particular episode, but before we get into all that Raptors nonsense that we do on Jurassic Views, tell us about your podcast, The Big D, coming into season two. Um, for those who haven't maybe listened to it yet, although I'm sure many Jurassic Views listeners have, tell us a little bit about it and when season two starts this year. Yeah, so The Big D... Uh, in this case stands for divorce, but it is really a podcast for anyone who's ever been in love and ever broken up. Um, It's an interview style podcast with personal storytelling and then also um, interviews with experts whose work intersects uh, directly or indirectly with breaking up. Uh, And you were uh, the first guest on my first season and my next season which I think is going to be an even better possibly bigger D Uh, that is coming out uh, September 1st amazing amazing now should we do another uh, you know big D Jurassic Views uh, crossover. I think that it's only appropriate that we would have Zion Courtney on as well and maybe talk about divorces, some of the biggest divorce stories that have happened in the NBA. Is that? Ooh. You know like- what? I, I haven't done a gossip episode yet, but <laughs> I think that this might be the year. That could be a lot of fun. That could be. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We can make it a tabloid for NBA divorces. Absolutely. I think there's full Instagram <laughs> pages devoted to such things. Um, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Okay. Um, besides your podcast, you do live in the city of the Raptors, Toronto, where you uh, have been there longer than the Raptors. Interesting. I have. Yeah. Born um, and raised. Born and raised in Toronto. A yeah. lifelong Raptors fan. Love it. 
Love it. Um, what are the vibes like in TO um, this summer? Uh, right now, as, as we're kind of getting into the final third of summer, what's it like there? I know it's been hot this uh, today, but, but what's the general vibe in TO that you're feeling? Um, I think that people are really just out there and enjoying the summer. And I know like all of the other sports games that we we've been hosting in the city have just been mm. absolutely packed and people are going a little wild, Bryce. Yeah. Um, I think people forget how to be behave in public. <laughs> um, but with sports fans, you know, that's generally the case. There are no good manners. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to being in an air conditioned <laughs> Scotiabank center when the season starts. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Now there is another professional basketball team in Toronto. Unfortunately, it's not a WNBA team yet, but that is coming. I do believe it is coming, but you got to see a Scarborough shooting stars game this year. Jalen Harris, uh, J. Cole. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about that experience because we got to see J. Cole in Ottawa, but it's mm -hmm. very different from seeing uh, it in Scarborough. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got some really great tickets uh, as a, as a nice gift from a friend and wow. yeah, I went out to Scarborough to the ends and it was honestly incredible it felt like just like I don't know hanging out with friends after school like <laughs> it was it was so much fun they sold patties like as like at the concession stands and what? everyone came out like dressed like <laughs> there were cameras everywhere like everyone looked incredible and the vibes were just perfect the soundtrack perfect Drake was there. J. Cole was playing. Um, and, you know, like the facilities are nice. They're new. Uh, and it was a packed crowd. But it also, um, you know, it's smaller than the Scotiabank Center. So mm -hmm. it was it felt like just like I said, like, you know, hang with friends after school. Like uh, it was intimate. It was it just felt like being, you know, with the community and celebrating Scarborough, celebrating Toronto. Much to celebrate from a guy who grew up in Saga, now uh, resides in Ottawa. I miss all that kind of stuff. It sounds like going to a, a high school game, you know, big tournament between two rival schools. Yeah, uh, but with cool. better better branding and, <laughs> and the players were uh, pretty skilled, you know, like they, they definitely brought it. I they like definitely it. brought it, yeah. Like it was a good like game. It. All right. Well, with the CEBL finish, Scarborough Shooting Stars losing in one of the most dramatic ways you could possibly lose yeah. a basketball game, we will flip the script and get closer uh, to a Raptors season starter at starting. And you and I today are actually going to have the chance to Talk about the season in maybe a different way than Zaya, Courtney, and I talk about mm -hmm. the Raptors and their season. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a season 
primer. Yeah. Um, what, like for those who might not know what we're talking about, what, for you, what does that mean? What, what, are, what, what can you tell folks about what they can expect for this episode? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I have been a basketball fan. I've been a Raptors fan for as long as I can remember. Um, I've been going to games since I was a babe. Um, and, um, but I'm not like, I'm not into all the technical stuff, mostly just because my short-term memory is not very good. So like (laughs) player stats, I'm not going to be able to list player stats, but I can tell you about the team. I can tell you who the main players are. I know what's happening. And I think like, you know, if you get the basics down, then you can really enjoy the game. So um, we're going to be using this to do like a 101 uh, Mm -hmm. for the Raptors. But, you know, my own personal uh, vendetta with this episode is to help people (laughs) out, is to help people out as we get into cuffing season. Yes. And, you know, going to a game, watching a game with your potential love is – a great thing to do in Toronto. It's a great date idea and mm. this will help prep you. You know, I have gotten the, Oh, so you're a Raptors fan Name the starting five, like those silly right. gendered testing <laughs> questions. Um, and so this will help prep you if you're not familiar with the Raptors uh, for a successful cuffing and Raptors season. <laughs> uh, this could also, you know, talk about, uh, crossovers with the big D. Uh, this could also be a, a, a easy crossover <laughs> talking about what it's like to date someone who's into sports and cuffing season <laughs> on the way. My gosh, uh, big D Jurassic views just, you know, merging together on a whole new level. I can uh, make the connections between anything. <laughs> uh, well, the 2022, 2023 season is coming quickly. The schedule just came out and we do want people to, you know, feel like refreshed as they enter the season. But also there's lots of folks who have maybe heard about the championship from 2019. If they haven't, maybe they were living abroad at the time or maybe they just immigrated to Toronto, but who knows? If they haven't uh, had a chance to maybe watch the Raptors over the last year, but they've heard about this Scotty Barnes character that exists. Um, I think this is the episode for them. So I'm going to invite a whole bunch of people who are kind of curious about the Raptors, would like to know more to listen to this episode. So we should just like dive right into it. I love it. Welcome, new listeners. <laughs> Little D's or, or friends of Jurassic Views, welcome. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, the Toronto Raptors are in the NBA, the National mm-hmm. Basketball Association, mm-hmm. and they happen to be in a division within a conference within the league itself. Okay. Um, they- what, what's the difference between a division and the conference? It's 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 a peculiar thing at times because it's supposed to be broken down geographically, but depending on what division you play in, what city you're from, sometimes those lines and and those like hopes for geographical proximity get kind of blurred and stretched and all that kind of stuff. Ask the Portland Trailblazers about that. But for the Toronto Raptors, 
we are in the Atlantic division, which means we're basically playing the most like Northeast teams. Mm, so mm -hmm. we've got Brooklyn, New York, Philly, and Boston in our division, which oftentimes means that those become our rivals. And sometimes depending who plays on the other team or what happens in the playoffs, maybe the season before those teams uh, become more of a rival. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. But then there's uh, another aspect of the division is kind of setting up very easily our, our next uh, question, which is about the season breakdown. So we have, 82 games in a season, mm -hmm. 41 of those games are played at the Scotiabank Arena, which you had talked about before, uh, which is great. 41 games at home. I feel like, you know, you can, we can at least get to one of those games, if not more this season. You were at one last season, right? Or did you get to more? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it kind of breaks down after that. You play four, team, four times within your division, three times the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference, and then all the teams in the Western Conference, you play one game at home and one game on the road. So like a team like the Los Angeles Lakers, when they yeah. have a guy like LeBron James on their team, you want to be at that game. If you can get tickets for that, and people are going to be jealous of you for sure. So what about like states in the middle? <laughs> How do they yeah. decide, like who decides oh. what conference they're in? That is an age old question within all American sports, but that I, I think part of it for the NBA, like a, a team like Chicago, right? Yeah. Like sometimes in certain uh, sports they're in the west and sometimes they're in the east in NBA the Chicago Bulls are in the Eastern Conference DeMar DeRozan former Raptor plays for them right now yeah um, but that it kind of gets yeah it kind of yeah. gets a little murky at times but like um, what about Memphis what division is Memphis in the Grizzlies yeah. The Grizzlies, not in Vancouver anymore but because, no <laughs> but because they were in Vancouver um, and because the team just relocated, they stayed in the Western Conference. There's been a lot of conversations about them coming to the East and maybe another team um, like a Milwaukee, for instance, to the West. Because, you know, Atlanta is so close to Memphis. Um, and so there could be like some really good rivalries between Memphis and Atlanta. So yeah, you're right. Once it gets all in the middle there, it gets bunched up and it's kind of seems silly to mm -hmm. send them to one conference or the other, but that stuff happens for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are the like important dates in this? Season? Yeah. Yeah. We got the so, games figured out. Are yeah. there like key dates? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, preseason starts October 2nd. Um, there actually is going to be a preseason game against the Boston Celtics in Montreal. So us in Ottawa, are, there's a lot of uh, Raptors Ooh. fans who are thinking this might be our chance to see the Celtics play the Raptors because good luck trying to get a ticket for the Celtics unless you know someone on the inside. No kidding. Uh, 
like you may know people on the inside. <laughs> um, but yeah, preseason is October 2nd. And then opening night uh, for, for the Raptors season is October 19th. I believe the NBA season starts on the 18th. Of course, the king himself, LeBron James, will, will open the season up. Um, but other key dates, Christmas, uh, you know, some people open presents, NBA fans watch uh, ABC and ESPN because there's usually four or five games on yeah. one after another after another. I don't know if you've ever decided yes. to leave the family for a little bit <laughs> and watch the NBA. One of my good friends is born on Christmas Day and he watches games all day long. Respect. Yeah. I, I must meet this person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, so, <laughs> uh, there's also the All Star Game weekend, mm. uh, which is a huge highlight. Just past the halfway mark in February, um, we in Ontario that's the same week usually as Family Day weekend. So the NBA fans get a day off on the Monday after. Yes. <laughs> a big and and you know some of the things that happen on all-star weekend there's oh, yeah. there's competitions right that happen there's a three-point contest there's another one i think maybe the, the rap- dunk contest oh man my favorite and it's it, it stunk last year it was yeah. terrible it was so boring hopefully we get Maybe a guy like John Morant who plays for that Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I have been watching reels of, like, John Morant, like, highlights. And it is enthralling. Oof. That, that guy's <laughs> his yeah. athleticism is it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. 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 Um, so okay. those are kind of the key dates, season ends, yeah. mid and then we get into the playoffs. But but enough about the season and other teams. Let's talk about the Raptors. Yeah. Let's team. talk about the boys. Yeah. Who's who's our starting five, okay. would you say, for this year, Miranda? Okay. So I looked at the research, and <laughs> according to, like, the highest number of starting fives, <laughs> um, the most common ones – Mm-hmm. were Freddie, uh, Fred Van Fleet uh, in the position of point guard, Gary Trent Jr., shooting guard, Scotty Barnes, small forward, OG Ananobi, power forward, and Pascal Siakam as center. However, mm-hmm. other common starting fives, mm-hmm. um, Pascal plays power forward, so mm-hmm. replacing OG. And then the center is subbed out, like, between Precious Achua or Kem Birch, who is from Montreal. Now, listen, some folks in the Ottawa area claim Kem Birch because he did live in a small rural town just outside called Russell. But we'll give it to Montreal. In this <laughs> we'll give it to Montreal. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? The Raptors are Canada's team. So I That's think, like, true. we can all share... <laughs> uh our our pride for for Kem. 
Um, you know, because we're on a, a first name basis here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, as I was just like, you know, looking at the roster, um, looking at stats and stuff like that, I all of the Raptors are younger than me. <laughs> Except for Thaddeus Young, who's three years years older um right. and you're no you're nowhere near my my age so <laughs> that tells you how young this squad is i think they're the they third are young. young league uh, yeah. last season so very young team yeah yeah um but it's it's a really exciting lineup altogether. it's um yeah it's really exciting definitely uh, yeah so when we're like recruiting these incredible players, mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. in the league, may I say, yeah, um, that's just, you know, how I feel. Um, can you explain what the salary cap is? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So despite the fact that these guys make like astronomical numbers for the mm-hmm. average workers in our labor force, um, there is in the NBA a salary cap. Now, Depending on what sport you play in, there's something called a hard cap and there's something called a soft cap. And in the NBA, it's a soft cap, which means you can go above the cap. This year, and this may shock some folks and it might make people roll their eyes or vomit, but this year, each NBA team is given the number of 123 million six hundred and fifty five thousand dollars to be able to play uh, pay their 15 roster players so you know it seems like a lot of money but when you're paying pascal siakam around 35 million that 123 evaporates but because it's a soft cap you can go over the salary cap and then you get into what's called the luxury tax zone So what that means is basically teams pay about, you know, 50 cents on the dollar for every, you know, dollar they pay above the salary cap. It's not something that folks like to do, even the rich ones, because usually the rich are the stingiest ones. And Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, uh, the GM and the president of basketball operations, they like they're more conservative in their spending, physically conservative. Uh, so they like to to keep it under the cap unless they're going to do something outrageous, like try and get a player like Kawhi Leonard. So yeah. that's you know the like one hundred and one on the salary cap. There are actually full uh, episodes on various podcasts that are done just on the podcast. Uh, sorry, just on the salary cap. That's wild. Uh, I know there's a guy who, who I follow who's, who now works for, uh, for Sportsnet 590. His name's Blake Murphy, quality individual, but also one hell of a journalist. He is like a salary cap expert for the Raptors. So if you want to catch the Raptors show uh, and before the season, Blake Murphy with Will Liu and Alex Wong will probably do an episode or two just on the salary cap. So I'm not going to do it. Jurassic views won't do it, but those guys will. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, great. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Um, <laughs> so I can uh, talk some numbers. There you go. There yeah. you go. To those financial dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm off that. <laughs> <laughs> Forget those financial bros. Art, arts, arts, boys and girls only. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, sometimes uh, in the season, um, there is. Uh, another team that's talked about around the Raptors franchise, and this is something that excites me. There's not just the Toronto Raptors, there's the Raptors 905, and you can feel the saga nights when the Raptors 905 is playing. Can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you know about the Raptors 905, Miranda? Yeah. Um, okay, so here's what I think the Raptors 905 is. Uh, so it is a part of the NBA and it's in what you would call like the G league, I think. That's right. Um, and it's basically like a, like a feeder team, like a training, a training team for the Raptors. Um, so it's an opportunity to develop players who are like younger, um, before they go up to the main team. That's right. That's right. And while it seems like a bit goofy to like follow that team, it's been amazing how important the Raptors 905 has been to the Raptors. Like, yeah, you talked about the starters just a, a few minutes ago. Two of our starters were on the G League team and Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and they actually won the G League title in 2017 so if guys are playing in the g league and from the raptors and you can get a chance to see them like our first round draft pick christian coloco this is the the time to go out see a nba quality players for a much cheaper price bank arena (laughs) and yeah and i think it also speaks to masai's like vision Mm. for the team and developing and really like investing in young players who have a lot of potential and trying to build the team that way. And like, that's why the team is so young right now. Right. Is they're really working on developing players with potential. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the coaches um, who are for the nine Oh five, many of them have gone on to do greater things Uh, this past year. The one of the assistant coach coaches for the golden state warriors, um, was actually a former Raptors 905 coach. Um, so there's all kinds of guys who, who are like that, who are representing um, other teams. And, and so, you know, if you're a basketball nerd like myself, you'd love geeking out on stuff like that. So the 905 is, is a goldmine for all kinds of player and coach development, for sure. Mm. Um, now, some people might say, okay, the Raptors in the playoffs last year, they didn't win anything. Have the Raptors ever won anything? Have they? That's a great question. Right? Have they, have they won uh, titles? Have they won awards? Um, what are some of the awards that you know uh, individual Raptors have won? Um, awards? No idea. I, no I couldn't. I, <laughs> Rookie of the year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. now that you say that, I remember yeah. uh, Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year. Certain individual named Scotty Barnes. And, you know, I'm invested in his career, so. 
if anyone has listened to our last episode that Miranda and I did just before Christmas 2021, <laughs> I will remember individuals like Scotty Barnes that we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Do you know, Miranda, if the Raptors have ever had a coach to win coach of the year? I uh, I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. Well, just Probably. two Two years ago, before the bubble, Nick Nurse won Coach of the Year, if you can imagine. I mean, I can imagine because Nicky <laughs> is one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, he is definitely top five coaches in the league currently, in my opinion. Um, I would even put him in the top three, but that probably is an episode for another <laughs> day. <laughs> uh, we've also won the Most Improved Player Award, and one of our current starters won yeah. that award uh, just two years ago as well. Who was uh, that? Any clue who that might have been? Oh, my gosh. Why are you doing this? Come on, I'm putting you on the spot. You got um, this. Okay, most improved. Was it Pascal? You got it. Pascal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That one, I think, was actually, like, I did not know the answer, but I think, yeah, that makes sense that it was Pascal. You've got so more information than you know. In, I think in... I, yeah, you're right. I do. You know what? But he, okay. <laughs> so I don't know what's happened though, because I feel like he was really great. And I feel like then he a... wasn't sure what was happening and things yeah. were a little rocky for a period. Ooh. And then towards the end of the season, he picked it up again. And I don't know what happened. Do you have yeah. any idea what's been going on with Pascal? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, there all kinds of things um, happened to the NBA. First of all, it shut down, I believe, on March 11th, thanks to Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. But there also was a pandemic that made that happen, too. Yeah. Um, but when that happened, a lot of the players went straight to their hometowns. They went to the States. If they could, they would try to get to their home countries. And Pascal actually didn't do that. Um, Pascal was quite fearful of the pandemic. He was fearful uh, for, uh, in, in large part because he was worried about his family. He was worried mm. about his mom. Um, his family uh, is in Cameroon where he uh, grew up. And so he was really worried about their health and their safety. And so while all of us were in lockdown in Toronto or Ottawa or other cities across this province of the country, that's what Pascal did too. And he was so consumed by his family's well-being that he actually didn't train or even hold a basketball for like multiple months. So when the bubble the NBA season returned to the bubble in Disney. Pascal yeah. was like just starting to practice for the first time where lots of other guys in the NBA, if they were in the States or somewhere else, they played quite a bit. They were training. They were, you know, trying to get better at their craft. And Pascal was kind of five steps behind. Um, then, of course, we went to Tampa Bay, which was a whole mess. Yes, um, it was of a situation, but it was what it was. And at the end of that season, Pascal actually hurt his shoulder and he needed surgery on his shoulder that spring. So when the 2021 season started, 
Pascal uh, was still recovering from surgery and it took him about 10 games to get back into the season. And then of course he has to get back into game shape and that can only be done at the, at the elite, at the high level. And so it probably took him about 20 games, um, 30 games now into the season before he was back to himself. And once he was, he was one of the top 15 guys in the league, which is why he won another award which was being part of the all NBA team, which goes to the top 15 guys in the league. So pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, can I just say that so many of our players are like really decent dudes. Unbelievable dudes. Yep. Who have a lot of integrity and I didn't know that stuff about Pascal, but I'm yeah. I'm not surprised, and that explains what he's, you know, his performance over the last couple of years, and yeah. those are some really good reasons. And I'm glad he got that uh, most improved player award. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, besides awards, there's some trophies that we've won, and I know that that you know we've won a few trophies in our day, but there's a, a couple of people who have won the dunk contest at the All-Star Game. Do you remember yeah. anyone who, who won the dunk contest for the Toronto Raptors? I do. Um, and, we, well, it's easy to remember because we've only won twice. Yeah. Um, and the first was – just honestly an iconic moment for Toronto all time. Yeah. Uh, Vince Carter winning the dunk car- uh, contest in 2000. Yeah. And then um, the only other time we won was Terrence Ross in 2013, whose dunk was actually like in tribute to Vince Carter. So um, basically Vince won it twice. <laughs> basically like we owe it all to Vince Carter, which is like my thesis for everything Raptors related. <laughs> like, you know, like I grew up, like my earliest memory of Raptors was when Vince was playing. Like when I went to games, it was when Vince was playing Like when I was a kid. So, you know, he has a special place in my heart. Oh, wow. Well, Yeah. That's a I, that's a podcast that uh, you know is it, it has some <laughs> has some touchiness to it for some yeah, of his friends. I know, I know. <laughs> well, listen, like I was at his last game in Toronto. I guess it was just like a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. Actually, yeah, it was right before the pandemic. I think like February twenty twenty, maybe January, February. And I was there in the stadium when like he came on and like, you know, the team was coming on and we were booing the team. (laughs) And then I think like, you know, like all the screens just lit up with Vince's face and everyone just started cheering and he got really emotional and we got really emotional. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, you know, I was, it was important for me to be there. Yes. That game. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It was, that was also an important healing moment for Toronto, <laughs> for Toronto and for Vince, you know, right. just. Some yeah. of us haven't healed yet. Oh. I'm not, not going to name any names, but some of us <laughs> haven't, 
healed from that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Bryce. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's others on this podcast that have a tougher time than I do. He did walk out. He did walk out on us. Yeah. Um, yeah. but we're here to break the generational trauma. Okay. <laughs> yes, my daughter knows nothing about it. So we can, we can hype it up as a positive thing for sure. Excellent. Good. I'm so glad um, you've shielded her. <laughs> uh we also uh have won uh the Larry O'Brien trophy. Uh, which is the trophy for the NBA championship. The Raptors did that in 2019. Um, oddly enough, or amazingly enough, there are still 11 teams in the NBA who have never won the NBA Larry O'B trophy. What? Isn't how that crazy? Does, how does Toronto still get this rap for like not being a great team if there are 11 that have never won it and we have once? Why? Why are why are players still like mm, I don't want to come to Toronto? What's wrong with them? Yeah, there's this funny little thing called bias, <laughs> <laughs> and oh the, me- the media in the U.S. pushes that bias very strong. So we find ourselves as the outsiders many times, which is why Toronto fans, Raptors fans, have a little bit of chip on their shoulders. If you've ever listened to the podcast, <laughs> uh, you know we have a little bit of chip on our shoulder, and we like to we like to say some things, and we like to put some people into their place. Um, if you're a fan of another team and you're on Twitter. Uh, I would say don't put anything negative about the Raptors because Raptors Twitter will come after you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe actually then can we talk about uh, the reputation a little bit more and like the culture? Like what's, yeah. what's, up, what's, up with, uh, what's up with Drake? Wow. Because, I mean, yeah. like he was i think well i don't know if you can say he was hired because i don't think he's paid but he has an official role he does the whole thing i think was really to help improve the the brand of the raptors yes yes that is true the the raptors from like 2009 to 2012 had what we call on Jurassic Views a dark era. It was was a dark era when we won very few games. We did not get to the playoffs. And we weren't sure if we ever would get to the playoffs. And so uh, in 2013, Masai Ujiri was hired by MLSE, uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is like a huge sports conglomerate that mm-hmm. includes the Toronto Ra- uh, sorry, Toronto Maple Leafs and TFC, yeah. soccer team. Um, and at the time, the, the person who was kind of, you know, ch- kind of chair of the board um, was a guy named Tim Lewicki. And Tim Lewicki actually hired Masai Jiri and also asked Drake, um, despite him getting a lot of flack and a lot of, uh, you know, jokes said about him in Toronto, this guy is like a hip hop phenomenon and a billionaire. Now I heard he would just made a billion, mm-hmm. billion dollars in, in his work. So as much as we knock him, 
Um, he's, he's a big time guy and the States has a lot of respect for him in the hip hop world, in the pop world. Um, so yeah, he, he became the global ambassador and you know what? He's actually done a lot for the brand. He's actually done a lot for the franchise, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about him. Yeah. I, I think he absolutely like revitalized the Raptors brand and made it cool to be from Toronto and you know, I think there are a lot of celebrities who have done that in, in various shapes and forms and like in various like different kinds of cultural avenues, like not just in sports or um, in music. But I think this was a turning point for us. And mm. like, I do think it's kind of funny that he has like an official title with the organization <laughs> as like <laughs> global ambassador like that's a little extra but like it's gonna be extra (laughs) and like you know I kind of roll my eyes but at the same time like I can't help but giggle when I see him courtside like shit shit talking Giannis (laughs) or like you know the viral moments of him rubbing Nikki's shoulders or that moment where he like just pulled out a lint brush and started cleaning his pants in the middle of the game like that stuff makes me giggle um and that's also like working with drake and rebranding was also where the we the north Mm -hmm. motto um and brand came from uh because it was that year after 2014 when that ad launched and you know as someone who works in advertising Mm. um I think that is the most successful Toronto campaign, like Toronto themed, Toronto branded campaign I've ever seen. It was like that brand. Yeah. That brand has so much longevity and like emotional impact. And (laughs) like that motto is everywhere in the city now. Yeah. Um, And it was just so perfect because it captured, like it captured Toronto. It, showed um street basketball in toronto so it's not just like you know like nba players who are coming here but we're actually actually cultivating basketball players here in the city but also we the north you know it's about the entire country not just toronto Mm. um which i thought made it like the perfect rallying cry Mm -hmm. uh oh my gosh it just like oh it gives me chills just even thinking about it yeah yeah you definitely there was a, a boost to to all of us who you know love the team and um who, who felt like um people didn't want us to belong south of the border it was like who cares we know who we are we're, we're ready mm-hmm. to be ourselves and take on the whole league raptors versus everyone right yeah it was it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty special yeah, though uh, I do think like the Toronto versus everyone motto was stolen from Detroit. Not it's lie. true. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely, it's true. And and my friend from Detroit who's been on the pod, Chad Cecil, he reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> well, good as he should. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so let's get back to the players. Yeah. Um, who is their current best player? Yeah, I think, you know, some people would say there's a a debate about this because um, there's a, you know, some would say, well, there's raw talent potential. um, So someone could like a Scotty Barnes, 
become the best player, but I don't think that's what we're talking about. There's um, people who think, well, there's a leader on our team. There's a captain that people, you know, kind of rally around in Fred Van Vliet. And that's all true and good too. But I think hands down, without a doubt, right now, currently the best player on the team is Pascal Siakam. And I think we need to um, really focus uh, how we run our offense uh, around Pascal. And I think the more the ball is in Pascal's hand, uh, the better this team will do for this season. So I, I would say the current best player is Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay. So then, so it's current best player. Who do you yeah. think is the best, the greatest player of all time? Well, I'd love to hear your opinion on this too. I don't want to just take, you know, just take all the thunder on this. Well, I'm sure there's a player or two you've I got. Mean, I, I mean, I have a short list. <laughs> That's very long. And, you know, there's just so, there's just so much to consider, like not just their technical skill, but what they contributed to the city. Um, you know, whether or not they love being in Toronto, which is also important to me. Um, I don't like, oh, I've already talked about Vince Carter. Um, You know, we have some really incredible players like Chris Bosch, Damon Stoudemire. Then we've got like the whole team that was a part of the championship team. Um, You know, Kawhi made so much of that happen for us, but I don't really count him. I'm sorry. He left. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that was a one night stand um damar a good one derozan yeah it was a good one damar derozan uh i think he's really incredible and i was really sad when he was traded and you know like when it comes to some big stats he holds the raptors all-time records for points games played minutes played field goals and free throws so he's got that covered yeah um and then of course we have uh your favorite mm. tell me I'm about not, your man i'm not, I'm not <laughs> my man uh you know when i think about demar DeRozan, i think of the soul of the Toronto Raptors franchise. And we were talking about that chip on the shoulder, we the North, like if there was a player that embodied that the most, it was DeMar DeRozan Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. if you talk about the heart of a team, the engine, the feel, um, the like, I will not die. You know, I will not let this team die. I will not let this team lose. Um, That was Kyle Lowry. And he was the heartbeat for us. And for me, he's, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. We have done a whole episode on top 10 greatest Raptors of all time. If people want to go back into the archives, we did that in Ooh. January. That was a lot of fun. Uh, there was some debate about where Kawhi and Damar and Chris Bosh and all the other cats uh, were in that top 10 list. But Kyle was undisputed at the top. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is the general consensus. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, now we talked about the players, but I think 
I think it's important to pause for a moment and talk about the fans. And one person that I know you know a lot about who a lot of people have seen on the screen at the very least is Superfan. Mm-hmm. Can you can you talk a, a little <laughs> bit about who this Superfan is? Yeah. Um, so his name is Nav Bhatia. And he has, uh, up until the pandemic, mm-hmm. attended every single home game since 1995. Guy has my life. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I wish that was me. Um, so, yeah, a 26-year run of oh. 100% attendance. Um, it ended in December of 2021 because uh, of a COVID-19 outbreak at an event that he attended, which, if I'm not wrong, was actually Masai Ujiri's Giants of Africa Foundation fundraiser event. So yeah. we can blame him. Um, <laughs> if the dates First mistake are correct. of his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if my calculations are correct. Uh, yeah. Um, and he's got like a really incredible story. Um, and I think, you know, it's not just his dedication to the Raptors, but also because he embodies kind of like, you know, um, so much of what we know to be true about Toronto, um, which includes like being a refugee um, in 1984 because of the anti-Sikh riots in India he couldn't find work as a mechanical engineer which so many uh immigrants can't because of uh xenophobia and racism um and he decided to work as a car salesman uh and then he just was an incredible salesman bought his own dealership within two years and now has a net worth of 50 million dollars yeah take that Um, (laughs) immigration canada (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, and uh, so and he's founded um, his own foundation called the Superfan Foundation. And he spends hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to bring bring kids from the ends to Raptors games, yeah. um, which is awesome. And like you'll see him on camera if you're watching the game and you'll see him in person um, if you're there uh, in the arena um he's he's hard to miss that's true and just this past summer nav batio was the first ever fan inducted to the basketball hall of fame how about was that? he yeah was he really? oh my just, god that's amazing and all respect due like this guy to me deserves any accolade he gets, and I think he deserved getting that induction because he's just given he's given fans like so much mm. love and belief yeah. uh, to themselves and to yeah. rep their team. So he was yeah. also yeah he was also the first fan to ever be given um, a championship ring. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of like the original, like the real ones, not like the fan ones that you can buy for like a couple hundred bucks, you know? Right. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so Nav is like, he runs the fans. Who runs the team? Who runs the team? Well, you know, there's 
there's guys who have big pockets. Families have big pockets. That's the ownership. They don't always get a lot of praise from the fans. And, you know, um, maybe if they sold the team to the fans, then it would be something different. But uh, the, the ownership is kind of a conglomerate of billionaires, whether individuals or families. I'm not going to go through all their names, but this is like big time money, like people who are media moguls and people who own a lot of real estate in the city. So that's the ownership group. We don't really need to talk about old white men, do we? Um, (laughs) But we can talk about the president of basketball operations on this podcast. We call him the creator in the Trinity of the Toronto Raptors. And that's Masai Ujiri. Um, he, he's just an exceptional, exceptional president. Um, people talk about him being the greatest uh, like recruitment aspect to the Toronto Raptors. I don't know if that's fully true, but he's got to be up there. Um, then there's a general manager. So the president of basketball operations is like, looks at all the operations of the franchise, not just the team. The general manager is more like operations. Yeah, looking at like the team itself and the coaching staff and hiring and, and, and trading and firing people who are in that. And that's Bobby Webster. Uh, Bobby Webster, uh, extremely savvy um, genius of a, of, a, of a business student who is now in his 30s, but handpicked by Masai Ujiri. Um, really important guy. Um, and then there's the coaches. We'll name Nick Nurse uh, first and foremost because he's just such an incredible coach. Just got his PhD um, this past summer as well. So this is a really brilliant guy, hardworking on the court and off the court. Seems like a a really – a guy who cares about his players quite a bit, not just the game, but who they are off the court as well. And he has a bunch of assistant coaches like Adrian Griffin, uh, Earl Watson, who's a guy I grew up watching when he was a mm. UCLA playing in the NCAA tournament. And the only other coach I'll point out uh, with this current coaching staff is a guy who I actually played against uh, in uh, the city. I repped Mississauga, um, played on the all-star team for the city, and he played for Brampton. His name is Jamal McGlore, same age. Wait, you played, you played against him? Played against Jamal McGlore. What? He may have blocked a shot or two of mine. Um, he, he's an, he was an absolute beast then, and he kind of looks like he's a security guard on the sidelines for the Toronto Raptors uh, right now. But, yeah, him and I are the same age. Um, I don't know if people would, would, would think that if they saw us beside each other, but it's true. I think it's you're true. aging better than him. <laughs> he seemed to have a lot of fun in Carabana, so I got a lot of respect. Uh, okay, listen, <laughs> I, see, I see him everywhere in this city. He's at community events. I've right. also seen him at Carabana. That's amazing. I mean, um, when you're 11, you stand out. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah, yeah. What else do we got to talk about on this? I don't know. We are powering through a whole list of questions that you brainstormed. Um, we maybe, are. Maybe we should take maybe like 
five more, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. okay. So why don't we focus on (laughs) what is upcoming for the Raptors this year? Right. That's a a good call. That's a good call. For folks who are like, okay, done with the history. What's happening now? Yeah. Um, What can we expect? Where can you find the team? Yeah, I think those, those are really important things to talk about. Um, so first of all, if you want to know more about the team, I could obviously plug Jurassic Views, which we do all the time, but there are lots of other people that I think are, um, really important in building the culture and telling the story of the Toronto Raptors, um, and being able to like give information um, detailed information about who this team is. They even interview people. So this is like outside of the sports nets and the TSNs. This is like, like bloggers, uh, like Raptors Republic. Um, these are, are storytellers through various forms of media that you can find even on YouTube, like open gym, which is done by bell media. Um, there's like, the, the aspect of the players outside of the game that I think is really important. And Kayla Gray, who's on TSN, hosts a show called The Shift. And she talks about the culture of the game. She talks about life outside of the game. I think those are really important kind of aspects. Um, Kayla, of, of yeah, Kayla Gray. Gray is an incredible reporter, mm, journalist, definitely. media personality, all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, follow her on social media. She's incredible. Follow on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, really heartfelt um, in, in what she posts. Um, yeah. So I would say that's really important to, um, to do just outside of the team. Um, and then if you want to watch the games, you can watch it the traditional way, which some people spend money doing, uh, going to the games or watching on TV. But I, I think it's important to share with folks that there are cheaper ways <laughs> yes. to access the Raptors and, uh, you sports, know. If, sports for the people. That's right. That's right. And should you have the internet at home, uh, if you type in firstrow.co, that will get you many different sports, including basketball, and it's for free. Beware the pop-ups, especially if kids are around, but it's a free way to watch the game. And, you know, you want to watch the game, all 82 of them, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. I I also uh, go on uh, NBA Reddit and find find streams that way. Yeah, yeah. And when we get into this season, I mean, there's a lot of talk about maybe the Raptors being a top four team of the East, chasing down the chasing down the Philadelphia 76ers who they lost to in this past playoffs. And because of the, the rise, the growth of Scotty Barnes, not just in his chest, although that has happened as well, uh, but in his jump shot and his dribbling abilities, there's a lot of, of good feelings and high expectations for this team over last year's team. A guy by the name of Gary Trent Jr., will also give you fashion off the court, but he'll give you uh, clutch shooting on the court. So he's another guy that might not be talked about as much as the Pascals, the Freds, the Scotties of the world, but a guy to, to look out for. Absolutely. And do you also, have any legacy player? I didn't know his dad played for the Raptors until I was prepping yes. for this episode. 
1999. We're going back a few years, maybe. Yeah. Before you're watching time, perhaps, Miranda. I was watching. I was watching. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, because I was going to games when I was like, uh, like seven or eight. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were there from the beginning. Started yes. from the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Mm-hmm. is a realistic expectation yeah. for this year like yeah. can we make it to the finals can wow. I say that out loud wow well I mean we've done it before we do have <laughs> we do have a new player on our team who was just there with the Golden State Warriors whose wife is from the city of Toronto, Otto Porter is on our team. So we, we have some, some guys who have touched the Larry OB, have held it, have hugged it, have embraced it after winning a championship. Um, we've, we've got lots of young talent, even Precious Achuo looks um, amazing. Um, you know, Zaya, if he were here, would, wouldn't want to make predictions, but he's not here. So I will say that um, there's a high, high probability that will be in the top five in the Eastern Conference. I would say legitimately we have a real chance to win 50 games. Last year we won 48. Um, And I think 50 games is very realistic, even though the Eastern Conference has got better this year. What success looks like um, is probably a a different way of viewing what to expect. But you know what? As I imagine the season – and the playoffs, which I probably do daily, Miranda. Um, yes. I, I see us getting to the second round and facing our arch rival, the Boston Celtics. I, I have us as either the four or five seed. Boston is the first place team, and we get them in the second round. And you know what? We match up incredibly well against them with our length, and our wing play with OG Ananobi, Scotty, I, I think we could surprise them. So I think a good goal for us would be to get to the second round, a, a round further into the playoffs from last year. But if I'm really asking myself in my like moments of like really thinking about this team and how good – they are and, and could potentially be. I think the Eastern Conference Finals is what I think success looks like for this season. Yeah, I think that is a smart goal. <laughs> Attainable, but difficult still, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that for us. And together with your listeners, we can manifest <laughs> it. Everybody, hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda. Imagine, I, imagine if I just started chanting. Uh, <laughs> we can, we can. Um, Miranda, for you as a fan, mm-hmm. what does success look like for you this season in terms of the number of games you get to the Scotiabank Arena? Oh, gosh. I mean, oh, like tickets cost your firstborn child now. So <laughs> I... And I don't have any children to give away to get a ticket. Um, but, you know, I would, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see a game in person. I'll just have to start saving now. Um, 
Yeah. I'm definitely going to go. And then also, you know, like when I wanted to go to more shooting stars games too, but the summer got away from me. There was just so much going on in the city to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, like you really pitched the Raptors 905 to me. So I'm going to add that yeah. to the list. Um, I yeah, have I, promised yeah. my daughter that we will get to a game this year and it will likely be the 905 <laughs> because I know how much those tickets cost for the Scotiabank Arena. But it's legitimate basketball. You know, it is. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. So that's like, I want to go to one game. If I could go to a couple, that would be even better. Uh, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, but I have to warn people that if you're going to come with me, be prepared for mustard to get spilled on you. I am a messy hot dog eater. <laughs> There's like a spray zone of at least three feet on either side of me. So Wow. That yeah. much mustard? Listen, I or is like it just the clumsy? I like a savory dog. It's it's both. It's both. Um yeah. and also because I like get up when I when it's like time to yell at people. um and cheer so you know i'm an enthusiastic fan okay yeah Uh, and if you were going to get a jersey of one player this year (gasps) oh my god who would that be okay i think i think i would get oh okay it's between three wow sure Barnes, yeah, Siakam, or Trent Jr. There you go. That sounds like the right three to be debating over. What? Who? Whose jersey are you getting this year? So I usually look for obscurity when I pick when I pick a guy. Okay. This year. Obscurity has like reached an all-time Bryce peak. Okay, tell me. Um, so our new player Otto Porter, he played basketball at Georgetown University, which is yes, the Hoyas, favorite, the Hoyas of Georgetown. And uh, if I was gonna buy a jersey this year, I would want to get a Raptor, the first Raptor to play for the Georgetown Hoyas, and I'd want to, I'd want to get uh, sorry, the second player to play for the Georgetown boys that plays for Raptors. So I would love to get his jersey. I did not get Jerome Williams, mm-hmm. the first Georgetown Hoyas uh, player to play for the Raptors before. So it'd be kind of nice to be like, hey, look, I've got both a Hoya and a Raptor in one. That would be Ooh. And I know that like not as many people are going to have it. <laughs> but like, would you so go, other... are you getting a Birch jersey like a Hoya Birch jersey to wear to a Raptors game? Would I buy it before I went to the game? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I just mean like that would be a statement, you know? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to buy it at the stadium. No, you couldn't. It, you wouldn't be able to get it there. I'm just saying, you know, like get it in advance, uh, yeah. show I'd, up I'd repping it, his yeah. college team. Yeah. That is some dedication. Yeah, I'd, I'd get it. I, I think if... I think there's a high probability. I don't know what's more likely. The Raptors win 50 or I get an Otto Porter jersey. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, hopefully for Christmas. Maybe I'll ask 
my my uh, you know my my mother-in-law if she'll get me a jersey because <laughs> these things are like 150 bucks. Yeah, that's true. I gotta send my daughter to soccer camp and stuff. I don't have just right. okay. You've got your priorities straight. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh my gosh! Well, the the, the time is ticking on the night. Yes, the time is ticking on the season starting. I'm sure you, like myself, Miranda, have a countdown somewhere in your house ticking down the minutes. It's above till- my bed. <laughs> Uh, there will be uh, much, much dreaming and, and excitement, uh, I'm sure, as the season gets closer for, for all of us. But um, before we get to all that, thanks so much for, for being on, the, on Jurassic Views a second time. Thanks and for inviting me back. Of course, a total pleasure. I can't wait for the crossover gossip tabloid uh, <laughs> episode where we talk about NBA player divorces because you know there's a lot there's a lot of content (laughs) out there for it's true there is a lot there is a lot yeah and uh again folks don't forget uh big d podcast coming out season two um very soon what's the date on that again the September 1st Oh my gosh, that's this week. Yeah, it's Thursday. So I don't know what's kind of what's gonna come out first, this episode or my episode. Shoot. I'm gonna have to get this one out just so we can <laughs> get it before yours. Oh uh, well that's uh, okay. If it comes my- out after, everyone will be rushing to go catch up. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, I hope this has been as much fun for you, Miranda, as it was for me. And I hope for those listening, this helps all of you as we approach cuffing season to, you know, have all the information you need for your sports enthusiast uh, person that you're Absolutely. <laughs> <dating>. <laughs> all right, Miranda. Thanks again. Have a good night. All right. Peace.